And boom, we're back. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the latest edition of the Wandering Bear Sports Podcast, the number one sports podcast in the world. Today's episode is brought to you by Caffeine Gum Australia, the number one caffeine supplement on the market. It's used by professional athletes the world over, water approved at $1 per serve with 100 milligrams of caffeine. It's easily the, the safest most convenient and tastiest caffeine supplement on the market. Check them out at www.caffeinegumaustralia.com. Today's very special guest is the current New South Wales Waratahs open side flanker, Carlo Tizzano. During the conversation, Carlo was very honest and open about some of the struggles that he's had in dealing with a professional sporting career some of the practical realities of being a young man moving away from home for the first time, and just basically how he's found his feet in his professional career. So he's very honest and open, and I think people will get a lot out of this. Uh, One of the things I wanted to do when I first started this podcast is give some people an insight into the people involved in elite sport. And it's something I don't think that we do very well in rugby, Uh, as I believe that if you know more about the person, you're going to be more likely to support them and that team. So this will give people a really good insight into a guy that's, you know, a real up-and-comer in Australian rugby, particularly in the open side flanker position. And I think people will really enjoy it, and you'll, you'll start to get an insight into what makes him tick. So without further ado... Please enjoy this wide-ranging conversation with my friend, Carlo Tizzano. Yeah, how are you? Yeah, good, how are you? Good, mate. Good to see you. Yeah, it's been a while. Has been, has been. What's happening? Oh, not, not much, mate. Just got an MRI. Yeah, what have, what have you done? Well, I did my quad last Tuesday. Did you? And then, uh, yeah, I'm playing the weekend and didn't really help it out, so... We, yeah. just, we didn't want to scan it last week because it's like, once you scan it, it's sort of like, yeah. Gets in your head or whatever. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, um, oh, sorry, I had lots of head noise going into the game because I knew it was strange. And then, it, didn't, um, yeah. it didn't look like it affected you too much. Oh, I was a bit rattled in the first five. I was just like, yeah. uh, you know, what's going on here? But, um, yeah, once I sort of got into the game, I sort of forgot about it a little bit. But, yeah. So, now, I'm going to find out results in a few hours. Okay, so they'll they'll tell you pretty much straight away how bad it is. Yeah. Um. So just how this works, bro? We're just gonna have a yep. chat. Cool with that? Yeah. Yeah. So. And um. So I was I was trying to remember the first time I met you, and it was um it was 2018, and we were both at the Rebels. I was only there for two weeks. You were there yeah. for a bit longer. How did you How did you end up getting there? That's um, something I never asked you. Yeah, so basically, I so in person 2017, um, like program mid year, uh, I made those the schoolboys, the Australian schoolboys, and then I was just sort of like, well, I don't really want to go to school anymore. I want to like try and give pro rugby a crack. So got put into the future force and was just doing that, and then I got invited to train with the force main squad here and yeah. there, and um. And then obviously they got cut, but the Perth Spirit was still there for 2017. So I was in that squad. And uh, so I'm from there. So basically a week before I was supposed to go to my schoolboys, I was actually supposed to play that week for the Perth Spirit because Kankatek was um, playing for the Barbarians. I did my yeah. knee. <laughs> yeah, Shambeth Lavulli dropped, dropped a guy 
a lifter right on my knee. Did my MCL was out for like twelve weeks. So then, so this, so this was in a schoolboys. So this was in the schoolboys game. No, this was in Perth Spirit training for the Perth Spirit. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Perth Spirit training. So I was doing that, and um, Kevin Foot was the coach. Uh, Sean Byrne was there as well, and Joe Barricout. All three of them went to Rebels. So I think I guess I was doing I was doing alright, and I was impressing him a bit at training. So then they felt bad for me, and I literally did my knee a week before. So let's go schoolboys and. Obviously, the force being cut sort of just, you know, limited my opportunities. So, uh, yeah, then I, so then after my knee rehab was good, they just said, asked me to come down for a week in Melbourne. And I trained for a week and then I ended up staying for like three months. So, so was this in year 11 for you or was it year 12? No, nah, year, year 12, year, year 12, 2017. Okay. So, how old were you? How old were you back then? Were you 17, 17. or 18? 17. Okay, so what was it? So you you stayed for like a training contract, and is that was that your first yeah, taste of professional rugby, or did you have some yeah. involvement with the force oh, before some, that? Yeah, I had some involvement with the force before that. Yeah, yeah, I okay. like mid year twenty seventeen. That was my first preseason at the Rebels. First so, preseason. So you were you're from Perth originally. Yeah. Did you grow up? Did you grow up there? Went to school yeah, there. there. Yeah. Born and bred, yeah. One, one of the so, few. Yeah. Oh, well, I was going to ask. So that's a mad AFL town. How did you get into rugby? Well, I was actually AFL, like more AFL dominant when I was growing up. I loved it. Yeah. But um, I just sort of, I was playing rugby as well. And then I sort of made the uh, the state uh, under 15 before I made the state schoolboys for uh, what it's called, footy. Yeah. So I was sort of like, okay, well, I made the state team for rugby and I'm, um, in the mix for the for the state team for footy, I just sort of went. Yeah. Uh, I just play. I just play rugby. So you you started playing. So you were playing AFL, and then was it one of those things where you had to make a decision? Yeah, yeah. It was sort of like okay, all right. So I've made the state team for foot for A not AFL rugby, and then yeah. I was like in the selection process for AFL. Then I'm like, no, nah, I'm gonna do rugby, and then I committed to that. Then like okay. two weeks, like a week later, I'm like, all right. They're like, oh, Carlo, you've been selected for the state footy team. I was like, oh. Which is AFL. A- yeah, AFL. AFL. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> Bit late for that. Sorry, I'm actually I'm in the state state rugby team. So the, the, the state AFL team would have probably been a bigger deal over there. Yeah, yeah, well, massive deal. Yeah, so, just, you just, was, so you just went with rugby because you'd already Yeah, I was sort of been fed up with rugby. I was, no, not rugby, AFL. I was just like, you know, lads run away from you. I love, love the contact, so... Yeah, and seeing how you were built as a seventeen-year-old, I just can't see you fucking running around in AFL. Yeah, I was, I was, I was, a lot, I was very skinny. I was a lot skinnier. I bulked up in the well. So, so okay. So you made the decision that you wanted to go to rugby. I assume you're going. Oh fuck! I better get into the gym and start getting strong. It, was that your next sort of thing? No, because I was. I joined. I was in the fifteen state team, and then I did the under seventeen state team. Yeah. Um, and then I made the schoolboys team when I was in year eleven. When I was in year eleven, and I was like, I was this was always a winger. So mm. I was a winger, then I was like, nah, I don't really think I'm gonna make rugby as a winger. So I actually quit the um schoolboys team and I was like, no, nah, I'm gonna not do this. I'm just gonna gym hard, bulk up, and become a seven. Because I was a bit yeah. I was I always went on the ball when I was like the ball neck came near me on the wing. So yeah. then I just bulked up bulked up, sort of stopped all rugby for a few months just to really put some weight on because I was running so much. And then yeah. 
got big and then yeah, I just I went back to the academy and they they actually liked me there. <laughs> oh, it's actually at first they said at first they said, Oh mate, you're not gonna be a seven, you you're too small, this, that, like you're not gonna make it as a seven. And then yeah. I was like, No, nah, we'll we'll see about that. And then I came back and then I like did a few training sessions with the academy and they're like, Okay, yes, yeah, sweet, you're a seven now. Awesome. <laughs> I wonder how many I wonder how many kids they've lost over the years by saying nah we don't think yeah you know, and, the, oh, and instead of going well let's let's turn them into one you know yeah um so when you went and did all that did you just did you just go and find a trainer and just join a gym or did you well, sort of do, oh, learn just, it all yourself yeah I just did all myself like my mum's a dietitian so that helped yeah. so that was that helped me a lot with bulking up but besides that I was just in the gym grinding to, every day twice a day just loving it. You know, when you're, you're 16, you, you, you just found, you start pumping weights. You absolutely love it and you're addicted. So yeah. That was, that was me. Yeah. So tell me what it was like for you as a 17-year-old walking into Melbourne Rebels training for the first time. Um, it was pretty, uh, it was pretty intense. Like seeing like Will Genia there and all that was just like, oh, wow. I've seen this guy on like TV for a long time. So it was a bit intimidating, but I sort of just went with the mindset of, and I've sort of always been like this, like just, I'm just going to go my hardest. If they hate me, they hate me. If they like me and respect me, how good. I'm just going to go as hard as I can. And mm. like, I think the way they sort of built their team down at Rebels is that they sort of really liked that. So it sort of fitted me pretty well. And that's why they kept me instead of a week the rest of the preseason. Yeah. So yeah, I was just, I was just going as hard as I can. I got, I got um, smashed a few times. I got my tooth tooth knocked out that's why i got a lick got a bit of licorice tooth here black tooth. but um yeah so did it so were you in that little house the whole time yeah whole time so describe for people listening describe that situation but it was um so it was in a it was like in a school slash like i think it's where uh boy people do missions and stuff that was that sort of place and there was like a lot of community living in these like dorms to our left and then there's like, a few houses and like a swimming pool it's pretty funny you'll be like sitting down in this place no air, air con in like middle of summer and there'll be like little Fiji kids just sprint through your house and you're just sitting yeah. there like hating your life because you're so tired you have no money and these kids like run into your house like and just like laugh at you and then just <laughs> run out and you're like what the, what's going on Mate, I was I was describing it to someone. So I, I told my boss, "Oh, the rebels want me to go down and play the trials." He's like, "Oh, how good's that?" And then, you know, obviously they'll put you up in a hotel and you know feed you well. And I'm like, nope, certainly wasn't that. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, we're basically in a Fijian. Church. I think it was almost a Fijian sort of church. Yeah, I think that's what it, what it was. Apparently, Marika used to stay in the dorms well, while you were there. No, not while I was there, but maybe a few a year or two before that. At the start, yeah, mate. I think um, I think Sefa actually came through there. So Sefa, yeah, they discovered well, Sefa in Melbourne, and yeah. I think he came through that church, and that's how. And look what he's gone on to do. So yeah, exactly. Mate, so how did so the three months is up at the Rebels? They they decide not to keep you, or you just decided to move oh, on, or what happened? It was, sort of, it was sort of like yeah, I'm, I'm pretty young. There's no, I'm not really ready to be playing super rugby. The squad was full. So it was more of a, yeah, just go back to Perth because I had um, opportunity back in Perth. They said, yeah, just go back to Perth. 
And well, so um, was that when that was that when um, Twiggy was doing the World yeah, Series rugby? Yeah, yeah, okay. rugby, rugby. Yeah, so I yeah. Went, went there and um, did the Future Force Academy plus being full time in that four squad, and yeah. then got a a full contract in 2019 with the force for global rapid rugby now who's coaching tim tim samson yeah sambo what, what what was he what was he like as a coach he's a good coach yeah he's really uh he's very smart he's got a good he's very uh his attack's very good i like the way he plays okay like, so so you went you went from there and then the tars came calling yeah so after the um under 20s so yep. under 20s, like all the well, pretty red hot that team, and um, pretty much most of 95 of the team got signed out of that. So yeah. Tyler, so what year? What year was that? A couple of years ago. So 2019. So it was like Angus Bell. Yeah. Um. Um. So all Will the Queensland Reds. No, yeah. Um. Yeah. A lot. A lot. Of, a lot of boys. Okay. So you end up at the Tars. What? How did? How did that all come about? Did they contact you and? and express some interest and you're like, oh, this is super rugby. I'm, I'm not going to say no to it. Or was it like an academy deal? Or, or no, what no, was so it? Um, it was, so I had a pretty good uh, contract offer from Global Rapid Rugby because Chris Alcock was sort of slowing down a bit and I was became more of the starting seven. And, yeah. um, and plus he got a real bad injury as well. So that sort of pushed my case. So and then Taz came through with this contract. And I was like, well, I can play global rapid rugby or I can like challenge myself and go play super rugby and compete with Michael Hooper. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm probably not going to play as much and I'm going to be binge juice, but I'm going to learn, I'm going to learn a lot and, you know, I'll get a move away from home. But I didn't realize how hard it was. So I just like, yeah, I took that contract with the Tars and ended up being moving away from Perth was easily the hardest thing I've ever had to do. Why? Because like Perth, Perth to Sydney, if you've been to Perth, is the, like Perth's very small um, community sort of place. Well, that's what I'm used to. And then came to Sydney, it's a big city. Like everyone's got their own things to do, their own agendas. So it's very busy. Yeah. Plus, you know, I had I just started dating my lovely girlfriend Mia. So I just started dating her. So that was yeah. obviously hard. Like I've never really had a girlfriend before. Um, yeah. so that was obviously tough as well. Being away from my family properly for the first time. Um, um, I grew up with three brothers as well. So I'm always busy with that family. Dog. Did you, were you one of those kids that didn't know how to cook until they moved out and had to learn? No, no, I always, so when I was bulking up, when I was 16, I was, no, I taught myself how to cook. So I knew that one day yeah. I'm going to need, you know, need to learn how to cook. So, so um, well, I was cooking well, the whole time in Melbourne when I was, there for the three months. I was cooking the whole time. So at least you had that covered. So when when you moved over, did they set you up like so you, you land in Sydney, what happens? Do they just are you there to fend for yourself or is it yeah do they, I, do they I, help I, you settle in? Yeah, I sort of so luckily uh West Harbour's a great club. They're awesome. So they set me up in a in a good place and they helped me out with my rent and got me a bed. So yep. um they did that. So when I arrived in Sydney um, West Harbour organised everything. It wasn't so much Waratahs. So West Harbour got um, Clint Hill to pick me up. He picked me Good up. Man. Yeah. Man. Then, then uh, we went to uh, went to his joint. I stayed with him for a few months and then like had a bed there and all that. And then Tars paid like a $5,000 relocation so you can buy like a TV, bed, movie car yep. and stuff. 
So that's how Tars helped. But, okay, so, so you were living with Hilly. You were living with Hilly. He's in Maruba, isn't he? Yeah, Maruba. It was a gun spot. So that's that's a nice soft landing, and he's a he's a great bloke as well. Yeah. So did did so once West found out you were coming over, did they contact you, or did you? Oh, I contacted go? them. I contacted okay. them. Like I was talking to Sydney Uni, Gordon, all these clubs, but then I was like, then I um actually got spent a gutto. Um, no, not gutto. I spent a cameo. Some good yeah. friends with him and Harrison. Obviously, they're proud West Harbour men. So um, yeah. they put me in touch with Gutto, and then Gutto, the head coach, drove from Sydney to Port Macquarie just to watch me play against um, the Country Eagles. So yeah. to me, I was like, he really wants me. He's a, he's a good bloke. It's a good small club. Like they didn't have any Waratahs at the time, so I was like, yeah, yeah I'm I'm definitely keen to go. Man, that's good. That's good. So, you, so okay, so you've. Mate, I, I always tell people who aren't from Sydney, because I'm not from Sydney originally, I'm from Coffs yeah. Harbour. Yeah. And when, when you come to Sydney, it's such a clicky place that yeah. if you don't grow up here and you don't have family here, it's, it's very hard to make friends. Like, thankfully, we're lucky that we've got rugby. Yeah. But if I didn't play, I've been here for 15 years, and if I didn't play rugby, I probably wouldn't have a mate here. Yeah, you know. same here. I still yeah. don't have a mate here. <laughs> <laughs> but at least you get to go and like be around people every day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you, know, you know what I mean? I, like your job is significantly better than my job. I'm, I'm in the warehouse all day with these miserable people. Like, so at least you get to be a kid all day. Yeah. So going into the task for the first time was was Rob the coach then? Rob Penny? Um, yeah, but he hadn't arrived yet. He was the okay. coach, but he hadn't arrived yet. So it was a bit. It was a bit of a weird. Bit of a weird scene, like we weren't really allowed on the main field when I first arrived. So obviously, like you said, in a new city, very clicky. I didn't really didn't really have any mates. So that was tough already. Then we weren't really allowed on the main field. The sort of facilities aren't the best. So that's sort of a bit of a downer. So where um, were they training? Were they training at the still Daceville? No, still Daceville, yeah. So the downhills. And then, you know, the coach hadn't rocked up yet. Student, I knew the boys, but like they all had their groups and stuff. Yeah. So then that was it was tough, and we went. We were doing this like sessions on the top field, which was pretty bad. Got a hamstring injury in my first session. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it was pretty bad at first, like for me mentally to go through. Yes. So this is something that like, how old are you now? 21, 22? 21, yeah. 21, 22. So how, how did you deal with all that? How do you deal with that? <laughs> I, I struggled, eh? Um, yeah. I don't really know. I just, like, sort of got on with it. Like, I didn't really – I would have – look, if I moved if I moved again, I'd obviously go – I'll go about it a completely different way because I've learnt how to, you know, be alone and how to do things, you know, my way and stuff. So, yeah, it'd definitely be a lot different. But uh, if, I, if I could do it all over again and go back in time – there's a lot of different ways I'll do it. I'll try and, you know, force myself more socially. I'd yeah. uh, probably try and get more of a hobby going in, more of like a routine. Instead of just like being depressed in my room and just hating life. Did you, I mean, at least you're honest, because I feel like a lot of people struggle with that, particularly when they're moving to Sydney. Like, I mean, you, you have a contract, so you're moving for a good reason. Yeah. But a lot of guys move to the city from other countries or, or in the country in the country areas and they really struggle with it as well. So I think you talking about this will be good for people. Did, did you, did you speak to anyone? Did you get psychological help? Um, and do any no, of that I, sort of I stuff? sort of just, I sort of just, um, truck through it. Like I had like Clint helped me out a bit. My girlfriend was helping me. 
as much yeah. as we could from Perth because we we're doing long distance. So it was pretty hard. But yeah. um, I just sort of trucked through it and just, it was tough. It was a tough six months. But when my girlfriend moved over and I got a dog, it sort of gave me more to do. But yeah. um, it's funny because like one of the boys that just moved here from New Zealand is sort of going through what I went through. Yeah. And like, yeah, it's, he's, he's finding a bit tough and I know exactly how he feels. So which, trying to help him like find, maybe find some things I didn't do. I think but, it's uh, very, I think it's actually more common than you think, mate, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. See, I thought I was just like, I don't, I don't, I don't have full wig outs, like just not knowing what to do and stuff. And like, I'll get, yeah. I don't know. It's just, it was very, very good learning experience for me. Like I've come out of that six months a way better man. Like I could have stayed in Perth being comfortable, but I put myself in an uncomfortable position. And now yeah. I've come out the other end and I could go anywhere around the world and I, I'm confident that I'll be able to handle it. Yeah. Yeah, mate, absolutely. You've done it now. So anything you do exactly. now, you know, you know how to deal with it. Yeah. Um, how, how quickly did you play? I played um, for TARS. So I played yeah. around, I played around, I had a good trial. So I got picked for round one of the Super Rugby against the Crusaders and I got eight, I got eight minutes. And then um, after then, I was just being juiced for the rest of the year. Okay. So obviously with hoops in the team, it's going to be hard to get yeah, of course, yeah. much, much game time. What's it like being around guys like that every day in terms of um, learning how, learning how like he's one of the best players in the world, particularly in his position, your position. What's it like sort of learning from a guy like that? Uh, he's, he's very, he's very, to, he's very to himself. Like he's very, he's very professional. I think he has a very tight circle. So yeah. it's hard to sort of get in and, you know, get a, a, a good close connection with him, which is which is fair enough. I'm I'm actually sort of the same in a way, but um, yeah, like just going back, it's just in out all business, and when you go, I f- like I feel like he'd just go do his surfing and all that stuff, and yeah, it's just it's all business when it's at rugby, and that's what I, I like that because I'm I feel like I'm sort of the same as well, which is which is a good thing, but then also sometimes it can also be a bad thing in a way because some boys see it um you know as maybe you take yourself a bit too serious yeah yeah if they don't know you and that's what why the tars boys at first probably didn't like me a lot i was always in oh, okay. my float um because i you know i i go hard at training i take my training pretty seriously so um, yeah. i'm very focused when i'm there so they didn't but they didn't know me that thought i was just some i don't know like weird 19-year-old kid that's just come from Perth. I thought I was an absolute weirdo, but now, now I think the lads like me. They're starting to warm up. They're starting to warm up a bit. <laughs> yeah, now they understand who I am as a person. That's just me. Well, I, I had this, like, I actually did a podcast with Boobs, and, like, I got the sense that he's lived a very weird life, and you're probably going to live a very similar life, whereas he's, he's effectively grown up in the spotlight in a town that is not very kind to... Um, you know, rugby players when they're losing. And, you know, he was the Wallaby captain when he was 21. Like, imagine how weird that would be, bro. Like, I would know what to do. I'm 33 now and I'm, I still think I'm an idiot. But at 21, I was a fucking idiot. <laughs> like, you know, and, and this guy's the national captain and he's, I could just, and that was what I was trying to get out of him. Like, just to explain what it, what it was like to be him, and um, I, I get the feeling Japan's been been good for him. Mm. 
how, what about footy stuff? Did you just what were you just one of those guys that would just follow him and watch him and and watch how he worked, or or, or were you have you kind of got your own ways of doing things, or um, sort of I sort of got my own my own way. Like I I do sort of always try and like size myself up in a way like comp- like in a competitive way against like yeah. him and all the other guys around the around the comp, especially especially this year because I've been playing. I've been playing um, a bit of footy, so yeah. definitely always just try and size myself up and have like well, I have a genuine belief that I can be the be the best seven in the country. It's just more, just more doing it and getting through more games and getting a bit more yeah. experience under my belt. That sort of law of attraction thing. I've been pretty vocal in it in the media as well, saying like, yeah, I 100 want to take his take take Hoops's job and take all the other guys, but yeah, so that's just sort of the way I'm going about it. No way. Yeah, that makes complete sense. And and but you'd also see why guys would be a little threatened by that as well, because like you you're a young guy who's fucking going for it, man. And you know, I've I I fucking love it. Particularly in New South Wales, we need more of that. <laughs> so <laughs> what what did you okay, uh, this year, how how's it been for you this year? Um, Obviously, you played a lot of footy, you played some good footy, but there's been some you know, fuckery behind the scenes at the Tars. Yeah. Like, what have you made of it all? Um, look, it's like my first year in Waratahs was a massive learning curve. And this is this second year has been an even bigger one. Like, yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> your coach, the coach gets sacked. Uh, what mid-season is? Have that you ever have you ever experienced? No, that never, before? mate. No. no. No, I have one. Actually, well, so I've had a coach. I've had a club coach walk out on us a yeah. week before semi-finals, but it's a bit different. Really? Perth club footy, so it's a bit different. But um, yeah, it's yeah, like it was funny because uh, a few lads I talk to, the older lads, they always say, "Oh, mate, you know, Sydney will get better once you start playing. The lads will get to know you and respect you more." And that happened, and you know, everything was going well. And then the environment was real good. Like, we're losing and stuff. Like, the change rooms were awful after those big losses, those first two big losses. But then, you know, but we still had a good camaraderie off the field and everyone was getting getting around each other. Then, like, that week, Rob got sacked. Everyone came in on Monday and it was just a completely different vibe. It was, it was weird. And then, um, and then sort of, I guess we just sort of clicked probably a bit more. I think there was a bit more accountability in the group. Like, yeah, if we don't play well, like this is, we got Gillian Witts, two new coaches, they knew us, but like they're going to be out to prove a point to, you know, push themselves for that head coach role. So I think everyone had a bit more accountability in that sense. And we had some decent results, like obviously didn't win, but I think our improvement from round one to round eight has been like, we've, we've like jumped a lot in the yeah, space of eight games. Especially for a young so you, as well. Mate, exactly. I, I think the Tars have improved significantly since round one. But um, did you did you see that um, as something that maybe brought the group together? Yeah, I reckon. So I reckon everyone was like, okay, well, that just happened. They got rid of they got rid of Rob just like that. We could be next. We don't know what could happen. We've got two new coaches. Like everyone came together, and I think everyone just started, you know, gritting their teeth a bit more, going a bit harder at training, which then yeah. went and came into our games as well. And then, and also Gillian Witts both were driving that as well. Like, 
we don't train hard, you're not going to get picked. And you know, you know, don't get picked. You're going to be eventually. You're going to get be on the outs from the clubs. Mate, it's it's uh, it's a ruthless business, mate. Professional sport, yeah. but particularly, um, you know, the results don't always tell the full story. But at the end of the day, that's that's what you get judged on. So, you know, um, I can't, I'm trying to uh, Cam, Cam York. So he's a he was the Rupert rep, the my first into the Rebels. He said to me. Um, this this is one of the only jobs where a 20-year-old man gets judged every single day of their lives and often publicly, whereas a normal job you get reviewed once a year and it's privately. So it, it's a weird thing that you guys yeah, have had to deal with. What about that way? Well, you know, you get reviewed every single day. Yeah. Well, that explains why you're more stressed out. <laughs> well, mate, like, have you been... I mean, obviously, it's been a good year for you rugby-wise. Is do, do you kind of attribute that to maybe being a bit happier off-field? Um, yeah, well, last year, I was, I was injured the full... I was injured pretty much the whole year. I just had injury after injury after injury, and I definitely think that was because of my mental health and everything going on there. But, um, yeah, this year's been... It's been good. I've been a lot happier, and I just think I'm in a better routine. I'm in a better living situation. Like, I was... Like, obviously, it was good with Clint, but it was in a little apartment. And, like, sometimes it'll take me 45 minutes to find a park, which is pretty yeah. good in your body. Didn't really get to eat because I was wait, driving around for 45 minutes, finding a park in River Beach. Then I moved to Mascot, and it was awful, full of cockroaches. So, um, but now I'm in Kingsford in a good living environment. My men, like, I'm a lot happier. My missus yeah. is a lot happier as well. She's settled in a lot more, found a good group of mates and stuff. So, that's all contributed, I reckon. And it's crazy how all that psychological stuff has a big impact on what um, what you do on the field. And with injuries as well. Like, I've, I've obviously got this quad strain, but that wasn't because of what's gone up up here. It's more of because we played an absolute dogfight of a game on Saturday night, flew back from Perth to Sydney, and then did a big session on Monday, which probably wasn't the best thing, but... You, did you have to leave straight after the game due to the lockdown over there? No, no, this was two weeks ago, so we we missed the lockdown. Okay, but, uh, oh no, you were, you were played Melbourne this week, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah, it was tough. Fly to Perth on the Friday, do captain's run, play Saturday night. It was a tough. That was a dogfight of a game. I think so, ball and play. The ball and play time was like forty-five minutes or forty minutes. That's a lot. That's a that's a yeah, lot. So for lot. for people I'm listening. Up. I think it's anywhere between 35, 30 to 38 minutes normally. Yeah. So that's a lot of footy. Yeah, I clocked up like 9Ks. Did you? And most of that would be high high speed as well. Yeah, I don't think it was a lot of high speed. It was just me, just my lungs going. But um, yeah, so that was a big, big game. And then flying on the Sunday, like five hours flight after a game. Not really the best hydration. You miss a meal because you come back to Sydney. It's that time. um, You lose a lot of time. Because it's two-hour difference as well, so you miss a meal. Yeah, it's not not great. We had Did you guys have a few? Do you have a few beers after? Um, I didn't. I'm I'm off the piss for. I'm trying to uh, six months off the piss. So I'm at, uh, where I'm at now, I'm at five. I'm at four months and twenty six days. <laughs> oh, you're a better man than me, mate. <laughs> day day one of this year, I'm like, I'm taking the whole year off the piss, and I think day three, I break it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I remember in Melbourne, we were in Melbourne, I was 17, I'm just like, all right, you know, 
like didn't really know what it was like to be professional. Then you and then you came and you, we had a big session. You're like, oh fuck, you know what? I'm gonna get a beer. <laughs> and you just walked out of the shop. <laughs> you come back and you're just like just polishing these beers off. Like, Is this what free players do? <laughs> no, mate. Mate, no, um, no. Like, mate. So I with that Melbourne thing for me. I didn't get paid the whole time I was there. Yeah, and I know you. You, I remember you saying you're just like, man, I'm here for I'm here just to get a cool experience and just have a good time with the lads. Well, I just wanted to tick the box because I, I was I think I was 30 at the time. I'm like, I've never played super rugby. I've been really close, but never, never quite close. And I was like, to be honest with you, some of the stuff I saw at the Rebels, I'm like, if this is fucking professional rugby, fuck. You know, it was just so much stupid shit. So I thought, <laughs> fuck, I'm in Melbourne, I'm gonna have a beer. Yeah. Um Mate, what was I going to ask you? Uh, the Super Rugby Trans Tasman. When does that kick off? A couple of weeks? weeks. Yeah, two weeks. So, so you guys don't get a break between now and then. Um, well, we got we got the next what two two days off back on Wednesday, and we're straight into it. Straight okay, into so it for a few weeks, and then I'm not sure who we have round one. I'm really looked up far. But, um, Mate, that's kind that's kind of exciting that the world's getting back to normal again. Yeah, hundred percent. Because uh, very, uh, very relieving, I think, and I think it'll be good, good for the game as well. Because obviously, yeah, it's been super great. You've lost what last year and this year, but I think it's about time for all the players in Australia and New Zealand just to get that different type of exposure as well. Well, good. I also think that like someone said to me once, like in rugby league, you might be able to go to Papua New Guinea or like Campbelltown, whereas in rugby, you can go all over the world. And like as a young kid coming into professional rugby, you would have been thinking, fuck yes, I'm playing super rugby, get to go to Argentina, Japan, New Zealand, and then all of a sudden that's completely gone and you don't know if it's going to be back again. And now it's starting to come back again. So that's got to feel good. The boys have got to be pumped about that. Yeah, we're definitely pumped. And we think we think we, we can sneak in sneak in a few wins there as well. Like we're, we're getting better and better by the, by the training session as well. So... So will you play the Aussie teams again? I've I've literally no, no, it's just five games. So it'll be all the NZ teams. Yeah, that's it. Okay, so they'll... okay, okay. So if you win that, that'll be good. Any yeah. any Wallaby talk at all, or you're not even? No, no, none, none of that. Um, I Thank actually you. actually met up with manager and try to get some feedback, and I'm still waiting on that. But I'm keen yeah. to see where I can do better because obviously, you know, I'm pretty driven, and I love to. Always love, you know, working on the things I need to get better at and prove myself. So I've asked, I've asked for the feedback. So I haven't received any, but um, well, I think that's, I think that's all you can do, really, mate. Yeah, like, yeah exactly. Just, so ask for the feedback. I'm just going to keep knocking on the door and wait until they answer it. Is it? Is there anyone you've played this year where you've gone, oh, they're good in terms of open sides? Um, you know, Dickie's Dickie is surprisingly. He's so so fast on the ball, like he's real, real fast. Like if you give him a split second, he's on it, and he'll. Stay that's with Richard so, Hard. That's Richard Hardwick. Richard Hardwick, yeah, yeah. He's uh, he's super fast on the ball, so he's the speed for him getting in from you know being being upright and being in his strong um, pilfering position is pretty impressive. So he's definitely stood out to me a fair bit this year. So you would have, you would have known him from Perth as, as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. I've I've worked a bit with Dickie. He's a good man. He's he actually oh. is from the same uh club in Perth as me. 
Okay, that's cool. Well, what about what about life after footy? Have you had any thoughts of what you want to do when it's um, all said and done? Yeah, well, I'm sort of me and my missus we're we're onto it. So we're buying a house in well, we're like settling on the land in June. Oh, so nice. Yeah, so again, a property there, then we're just going to keep, you know, ticking those over because she she's a sparky, so she earns pretty good money. Um, okay. As well, so we got a good thing going there, so we're going to ha- hopefully get a few properties, get that ticking over, and then I got a few few things, a few ideas in the works. I'm very entrepreneurial. My dad yes. being the it- Italian Neapolitan businessman, my mum runs her own business as well, so I've always sort of grown up around that. What so are you? Always, what always do you think of ideas, but uh. Man, you and I are very similar with that. I think all day I'm thinking of ideas. Yeah. What have you got? Have you got any that you're willing to share, or you? Oh no, no. Well, uh, we're talking a few weeks, maybe. I actually was drawing up a few things today, and I got a business meeting with uh, Cameron Orr probably oh. in the next hour or two. <laughs> I can only imagine that'll be food related. <laughs> <laughs> well, it could be, um, but now we got. I got a pretty good idea in just regards to, um, you know, how we like how you can help high performance teams and club footy yep. teams and stuff just being, you know, help their players get better. No, that's mate, beautiful. I think, um, you know, as someone that's been working in a real job for a long time, I would say start all your side hustles now at your age, because when you get to my age, hopefully one of them will pay off. Yeah. You know? And, that's, and that, that's the plan. Like I, I also want to be focused on footy. That's my number one focus, but now I want to start to, you know, maybe get, get a few properties, just have that ticket over on the side. Yeah. Start a little business and then just go from there. And by the time when I'm finished, like I'll hopefully I'll be comfortable enough to be like, yep, sweet. So I'm somewhat secure. I can start really pursuing something I'm really passionate about, but I don't really know what that is yet. What I'm really passionate about, I'm still a bit up in the air, but I'm sure I'll find, find something. Do you think you're just going to try things and, and see what you like? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm pretty, I'm pretty, uh, like I said, I'm entrepreneurial. So I'm, I'm sure I'm going to think of something. Like I've got a few little ideas, like I said, and hopefully one of them pays off and becomes something big. Never know. Yeah. Just wait and see. Mate, um, there's no better time to start a business. What, what about studying? Any, any interest in that at all? Um, look, I've got pretty, I've got pretty bad dyslexia. I'm not really. I feel like I, I definitely have ADHD. I can't really struggle to sit down and like, as you can see in this podcast, I'm being very fidgety. I'm very fidgety. You're doing, mate, you're doing well. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I don't know. Look, I don't think, maybe I'll study a bit later on, but at the moment, I tried I, I tried studying, I completed it, but um, I completed like a, just a diploma in business. But look, it was, it's just all st- it's all common sense that that sort of deployment in business and stuff. What I found it was so um, yeah. Maybe I study something a bit more intense, but at the moment probably not. I reckon. No, look, I'm I'm kind of with you on that, mate. Like, um, I've started a couple of businesses. Some of them are going okay, some not okay, and I, I think you learn way more from actually doing it rather than yeah. you're probably like me, where you're more of a doer, fuck up, adjust. Yeah, you know, rather than hundred percent. Yeah, and that's what my dad always says as well. He's like, he's he's you know, he made a lot of mistakes, but he's done very well for himself as well. And he's just always from doing it. He's he can't, he's, he can't even spell. Really? <laughs> he's just Mate, in the moment. He's yeah. probably he's probably killing. He's probably killing it. You know, yeah, he's doing the, well. He's doing well. He does. Um, he has uh, dentures, so he's a good okay. For that. Yeah. There's a very good, very good market. Yeah. What what about what about life away from footy? What do you like doing? Um, this is Any a hobby. Up on for me. So my life away from footy, I 
so the stuff I like doing, so I like, you know, uh, mixed martial arts, boxing, all that stuff. That's really what I'm into. It's so hard to do it in season. Like I can't, yeah. I'm bad at um, bash and bruise after a game. So I can't really do that in season, which has been annoying because that's the only thing I do. Like I don't really surf. I go for swims yeah. all the time, sauna, all that type of stuff. I have two dogs. I have a border collie and a German shredder pointer. So believe me, that's that's a lot yes. of work. Um, so I just take them to the park. But I'm just trying to find something for me at the moment, and that's been it's been niggled because I just I can't just go on a Tuesday after training and go punch someone in the head because I'm going to have CTE by the time I'm 30. If that's hey, the case. you know, what you should try. You should try Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Oh, I've done heaps of Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, but like the hey, there's I- always the risk with um, blowing out blowing out. That's probably the worst one. Because like the the potential of blowing out your knee in that stuff is so yeah. high, like and if I blow out my knee or hurt myself, I'm, my contract's ripped up. So this like trust me, I've, I've, it's my off season. <laughs> yeah. BJJ, you just unreal, got- unreal for footy, but um, yeah. in season it's too risky, it's too hard, and I think boxing is probably the easiest one to do because yeah. it's not as um, hard on your body and you're more more uppers. But uh, yeah, it's still that. It's just hard because you training in season you're so bashed and you still have to train you're still doing high k weeks yep. so it's hard but uh i'm finding i'm trying to find it and i think the side hustle last time about four me cameron might be doing is going to be maybe my thing away from footy do you reckon do you reckon um fighting will be something you get into down yeah, the track 100%. oh 100 um, as in as in competitively or, or yeah, just competitively, for like yeah yeah I'll, i'd love to do that uh I've been close. I've been close a few times when I was in Perth and I was a bit younger, yes. but I had to drop too much weight to sort of fight because I'm what 100. I'm 96 kilos and I'm 180 centimeters. So, so you'd light heavyweight at the moment. Yeah, no, <laughs> I'll be going against some tall, tall boys. So going against like what well, John Jones. If I went up against John Jones, is six four, I think, something yeah. like that. I'm I'm five eleven. So yeah, rest in peace for me. <laughs> Again, going against a guy like that. When I started, well, yeah, I know it'd be ter- terrifying. Like, uh, both my brothers are into martial arts. I've kind of been doing jits on and off for a couple of years. Um, but my brother's like, go and try Muay Thai. Go and try Muay Thai. And I've gone into the first class I went into was uh, it's like the competition class. So I was the, I've never trained hands in my life. And I've walked in there and there's all these guys that are actual Muay Thai kickboxers. And, and, I, and they've gone heavy. And I'm like 118 kilos because I was them. And they're like, and I'm looking at these guys and they're all lighter than me, but similar, like really big, big guys. I'm like watching them kick and going, that is fucking terrifying. You know, but you'd fucking love that shit. Oh, I love it. But uh, it's funny. So did you watch, did you watch the fight on the weekend? Yeah, mate, Chris Wyman's leg. Mate, did you watch oh the slow motion of that? Where he kicked it, he didn't realise he was bringing it back, goes to step back on his foot that he broke. Oh mate, that's disgusting. Mate, it's funny. You're the kind, you're the kind of sick bastard that would watch that over and over again. Yeah, I watched it a few times. <laughs> <laughs> um, the the funny thing was, I think the last leg break in the UFC like that was actually Anderson Silva kicking Chris Weidman. It was, yeah, it was. Funny. But um, what what do you think of um, um, Rose's Rose's that's fight? Unreal. She's she, she's a she's a great competitor. I like the way she like sort of handles herself. Just such Mate. seems like a real nice, real nice girl. But like absolute competitor and like she's a thug, thug Rose. Like she's Mate. absolute. She 
Hey, hey, Kika, when she knocked out um, Joanna as well, like, unreal. Man, that just shows how good she is because those two, um, Joanna and Whaley, Whaley Zhang or Zhang or whatever her name is, mate, they're, that, that fight that they had is one of the best fights I've ever seen. And <laughs> she she's, head and she's like, her head was mounted as well. Mate, it's, and she messed them both up like it was nothing. I'm going, mate, a 115-pound girl. What's that, like 50 kilos? Less, oh, maybe? Yeah. She's pretty young mate. as well, I think. She was like, I think when she got the champion, she was like 25. That's crazy, bro. Yeah. Can you imagine? So what about, what was I going to ask you? Let's finish this soon, bro. I'm, I'm super grateful for this. I think this has been really good, and I think people will get a lot out of this. No, thank you. Who, who, no, mate, thank you. Who did you look up to growing up? Who was who was someone in your position that you maybe wanted to emulate? This is this is the, so this is the weird thing about me. I've really since I've jumped around positions and stuff, um, mm. and I only moved to open side in 2017. That was my first year of open side, and that's when I did my first year at at the end of the year. I did the thing with the rebels and stuff, so I was pretty keen on pro footy by then. Um, I never really had someone growing up. I saw when I was a winger, I looked up to the honey badger. And then, um, and then by the time I went to seven, I was sort of at the stage when I was sort of more, not really looking up to guys, but more just saying, yeah, this is the guy I want to take their spot. So it's funny. I had, this might be a bit weird and hoops probably thinks I'm a freak, but whatever, I don't care. Um, <laughs> I, had, I, had my, I had hoops as my background on my phone, not my lock screen, but like my, once you open your phone for about, since before I came, I got rid of it when I just came to Tars. So I didn't want the boys to absolutely think I'm a, Absolute weirdo. I had like two years just him yeah. in the background, just purely because I just wanted to, I just like was so driven and still am and just being that number one guy because he's easily is easily the best. Like he's been at the top of the game for so many years. Like youngest player to beat receive a hundred caps. Like that is unreal. So that's the guy I wanna I wanna you know knock off. In a in a friendly way. In a friendly yeah. way. Yeah, mate, that's, mate. So he was a guy. So he was a guy. It's my been my background for however many years, two years, and that's just that's just what it is. Mate, if, you, if you're gonna look up to anyone, I reckon uh, he's someone definitely worth looking up to. Yeah. How many more years do you reckon you can play for? Him? Play, play, play. Yeah. Have you got Have you got like a, a time limit? Like I've Itavaya told me he wanted to retire before he was thirty. I mean, unfortunately, he had to retire earlier than that due to some injuries. But have you got have you got a plan, or are you just going to go yeah, as long as you um, can? I got I have a plan. It's funny. So I've never had this laptop in a while, and uh, I just when I was uh, waiting for you to send through the link, I saw my um, my rugby timeline from when I was sixteen through to this year, and then yeah. and then I remember made one last year from my timeline from twenty twenty one until the next World Cup. So the, the current the World Cup coming on in twenty twenty three. So um, I just go by like every four years sort of thing. So um, my goal is to be is to be in that next World Cup in that starting team, and then um, from there it will be uh, just keep just keep doing that over and over again. Or maybe go down, or maybe go down a different path. I don't know. I don't know. Like, but at the moment, like I got a few different routes because you can't put all your eggs in one basket. So yep. my 2023 timeline, I have my three different routes I want to go down. There's the Wallaby route. I also have potential to play for – I can play for Italy if I wanted to and do that route if I want. Like, and that would be a good financial thing for me to do, but I don't, I'm not all in it. I'm not in it for the money necessarily, but, you yep. know, if, 
at the end of the day, if I need to do that, I need to do that. So and there's the number obviously there'll come a point there'll come a point where money becomes important. How, yeah. how many more years how many more years have you got with the task? I got I'm off this year. I'm off contract this year. So it's um it's a tough it's a tough uh it's been a tough few months trying to you know figure out what I'm gonna do and stuff. I still don't know. It's um <laughs> it's been playing my mind a bit, which I've sort of taken some good learnings from. Like it it got it's been getting to me a little bit and stressing me out a bit because I've also got a missus who's like, what am I doing my work this that. So that was been playing my mind a bit, but I've sort of brushed it for the time being, and I'm gonna I'm more trying to gonna work that out at more towards the back end of the Trans Tasman because I don't want to be thinking about stuff in season to be honest, which it does it does play in mind a bit, but yeah, hundred percent. And as we we're talking about before, like. Yeah, twenty one now. It's yeah. um, you know, how many twenty one year olds have to worry about their job during the middle of their job? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. So yeah. it's just another, it's another pressure that people in the real world don't really. Not that rugby's not the real world, but the people that aren't in that world may not understand. Yeah. Um. Last question, brother. Thank you so much for this. I, I always ask all my guests, what advice would you give your eighteen year old self? But you're only you're only 18, not that long ago. Yeah. So what do you want to say? What do you want? What's the right way of wording this? What what do you want your 40-year-old to look back and 40-year-old you to look back and say? So I'm 40 years old and I'm thinking um Yeah, and you you're, you're like looking back, you're looking back at yourself now and you're going, what would you say to yourself? Geez, I've asked that terribly. <laughs> um, so, what would I be reflect like reflecting on? Like, you know what? I I I asked that terribly. I'm going because I'm I'm trying to sort of, you know, a lot of kids listen to this. I, I've got a lot of young young guys and girls who listen to this podcast and go, man, you, you give people such the players like you give such give people such good insights into what it takes to play at an elite level of sport. And I, I, I always try and leave like something, something good at the end that people can take away. So yeah. maybe, maybe the question yeah. is what advice would you give your 18 year old yeah. self? Oh, easy. Um, so one thing I definitely would say is that, and it's one thing I sort of live by and like, obviously I'm not, I'm definitely not the most talented guy. Like, I'm not, I don't really have a good skill set. I'm not necessarily that quick. I'm pre, I'm really small. You're um, fucking hard on yourself, by the way. <laughs> um, well, it's, it's, well it's, it's the truth um, yeah. in my eyes. So, like, I've always made made sure, like, yep, so talent's probably not there. So the one thing I can make up for that is my work ethic. So, yeah, I just make sure every single game, I know in my mind that your brain starts to give up after you've given it 40% of what you're actually capable of. So I try and push that every game to pass that 40 and try and go, what, maybe in 60, 60s or 70s and stuff. Like reaching that 100% is near, is near impossible. It's like if you're realistic about it, like those ultra runners, maybe they'll reach that, those ultra athletes. But in rugby, there's too many stop starts to really reach that. So... I try and push for that 60% of absolutely. So by then I'm cooked, if that makes sense. And it does. I'm making sure I'm, I'll go off that field and I'll go, yeah, I might have made a few mistakes, but I put in 
the most work out of everyone. So I made the most tackles. I was effective in all my breakdown stuff. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll stuff up a fair bit. I'll make a few mistakes, but that's that's the thing I live by. And I've lived by that since I was super young. Always make sure I'm the heart, like be the hardest on the field and do all that. And it's it's done me pretty well so far. Like that's one of the reasons why I stayed longer the Rebels is because I was training hard. It wasn't because I was skillful or anything like that or because I was a young up-and-coming player. It was literally because I would absolutely try and smoke anyone that came in front of me and it, and it did me well. And that's why – that's my, sort of my reputation I've sort of gained in around clubs, you know, the Waratahs and when I was at the force and stuff. So, so yeah, if that sort of makes sense. No, it does, it does totally. I, I lied to you. I've got another question on that. When, when you're reviewing games, how, how do you – how do you look at it? Do you, do you look at like, do you go, I need to work on this at the breakdown. I need to work on this ball carrying. I need to work on this in defense and just leave it a, a thing for each. Yeah. I sort of, so I, I like, I really like working closely with the coaches on that because they always see things. I don't see. like, I will see this breakdown. Click line. Yeah, that's sweet. But then they will go. Yep. So you could have taken this line differently or this or that, and you might've been more effective. So I try yeah. and link closely with coaches and just say, yeah, because I'm not good at looking at clips. That's not really my strong point. So I'll be like, yeah. show me show me something I can work on the breakdown in my tackle or with my like defensive movement and then my attack as well. And okay. sort of get that from their perspective. And then I go, oh, sweet. I literally would have never found that no matter how many times I watch the clip. So that's, that's what I try and do. And it's worked pretty well for me this year, especially in defense with um, with Gilly, the okay. Uh, head coach, that's defense coach, defense coach. And do you do, so just say during the week, will you work on that during training or do you have like an extra session where you'll work on your, um, your skills? Do it at the end. Do it at the end in like our, uh, in our extras, in our little extras block of about 15 minutes. I'll like it. You know, I got um, against the Reds round, second time round, I got stepped on the inside real bad so I overtracked. So now in my game day, in my captain's run prep, I do movement off the scrum and I just, I've just added that in. And now that's what I'm trying to do, just adding those little things because those little mistakes I've made. And now hopefully I won't make that mistake anytime soon, but. But, but there'll always be something to work on. I guess that's always, a good idea. 100%. There's always something to work on. You can't, can't ever be perfect. There's no, no such thing as a perfect game in my eyes. Unless you're a kicker and you kick 10 from 10. <laughs> even, even there, mate. I don't reckon it's that hard. Yeah. <laughs> mate, Head let's down, leave it. through. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I mean, some of them have got fucking big asses and just feet natural. I'm surprised someone like Ori doesn't kick goals. <laughs> um, right, he's, mate, he's not skillful with that. <laughs> he's not good at eye coordination. That bloke. He does. He does. He does. <laughs> um, let, let's finish. Let's finish there, buddy. I really appreciate this. I, I think no, this has you. been a really. I think this has been a really good podcast. You've been really honest, and I, I think people listening to this will really um, get something out of it. And you know, one of the things. I wanted to do with this is give people an insight into guys that are playing elite sports. So I, so I think you've been really, really good at that. Thank you, my Thanks, friend. Mate. You're, you're a legend. It's good. Um, good chat with you. It's been, it's been a while. My husband. So I'll, are you going to play much shoot shield this year? You reckon? Um, look, hopefully, hope, I'm definitely be keen to play some um, West Harbour um, back after Trans Tasman. Probably get I'll probably want a few weeks off after that. Me and me and Cameron we're gonna me and Cameron are gonna rip in. So. Mate, I'm uh, I'm coaching twos at South this year, buddy. So I'll uh, unreal. We'll have a couple of beers after the game when, yeah, when we play, good. you guys. I'll be off my um my my beer. Oh yeah, six months, six months. <laughs> <laughs>
They'll go be off by then. But no, nah, it sounds good, mate. Best of luck for the rest of the year, bud. And uh, enjoy, enjoy it. Talk to you soon, mate. See ya.